Welcome, welcome, welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode nine. Today, film fans, we're going to be talking about the film Nikita and Atomic Blonde. This is all about these badass bitches. We're going to do it today. What are we drinking today, Tawana? All right, well, after watching Atomic Blonde and being immersed in Berlin hell, Germany, and the ins and outs of all its forms, how could I not choose another German beer? Okay, what you got? All right, so I'm just going to go in on another Hefeweizen. Gotcha. You love them Heifers. I love a good Heifer. Mm-hmm. People who know me know Heifers just for me. Absolutely. <laughs> All day, folks. All day. All right. So I had to purposely like write this so my American mind could read it. Got it. <laughs> so I'm drinking Franzakana. Yeah. Not bad, right, Alex? Franzakana. That's right. All right. So it's made, it's made by Spotten, and uh, it's a Hefeweizen. And so as we all know, I am completely in love with the Hefeweizens, and it's my all-time favorite beer. It's bordering on obsession. but It's bordering on obsession, but it's... You might need a little rehab, but listen, it's okay. It's about, uh, you know, it's about loving what you love. I guess. Listen. Love is love. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I've never had this one, this particular one before. I've had a few others, but this one I really love. It's got this perfect cloud, like white head. Go ahead, Vaughn, say something crazy. I'm not going to say anything about head today. Keep going. <laughs> and this wonderful rover. It's mm-hmm. got this really tasty flavor. It's like mild clove, banana, malt, perfect balance. And, you know, it'll never change for me. Half a bison forever. Well, I just want all the film fans out there to know and beer, bourbon, and the movie fans to know. I'm taking a little break from bourbon today to celebrate the atomic blonde movie and all this chick drank throughout this movie was stoli vodka she drank it straight on the (laughs) rocks she threw it back like a champion so i had to honor her today and i will say james mcavoy he did his best with saluting all the brown liquor lovers in the world with his um jack daniels that he drank Mm -hmm. everywhere and it was great product placement because jack daniels and stoli were all over this film but uh just a great way to, to celebrate the movie. So I'm having a little stoli with uh, juice today. So I'm going back with that screw, screwdriver style. So it's uh, it's going to be a fun day. Make it happen. So did it. today we're reviewing, um, first up, La Femme Nikita, 1990 film, classic French film, directed by Luc Besson. Mm. That was good. Yeah, I'm you, working. I've been working on you're it. Feeling yourself. I've been doing some Google mm-hmm. for my pronunciation. All right. mm-hmm. You ready for this one? Okay. DP Thierry Arbogast. <laughs> Next one. Um. <laughs> it's Thierry. T H I E R R Y. I mean, you just said Thierry. that. You just said that, like, just in American. In an American. Yeah. Thierry. You didn't butcher it. You didn't butcher it. You just got it. Thierry. Done. Tiedi Artigas? I don't know. Well, it's, <laughs> it, well, it's, it's the French, like, it's the Terry. French. It's the French Terry. Terry. Yeah. 
So what did he Thierry. do? All right, so he's the DP. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's Thierry. the DP, and he's he's pri he's been primarily his DP for a long time. Um, you know, he's done like uh, Leon the Professional, Fifth Element, Lucy, bunch of other stuff. Uh, always works with Luke, and uh, so this is one of my favorites. Okay. It's basically if you don't know this film, rent it. Uh, it's a story of this convicted felon, Nikita. Instead of her just going to jail, she's given this new identity and trained as this top secret spy slash assassin. And uh, basically, we just watch her transformation. Uh, we watch her kick ass. And then we watch her transform again and back into a human being, pretty much. Right. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the ending. But it's a pretty good film. And... If you've ever seen films like Tom McVon, for instance, uh, Point of No Return, Point of No Return, Point of No Return, which is the American remake of it's basically this a copy. Film. Mm. It's, it's yeah, it's a remake, so it's the same same thing. Um, what was I saying Tom McVon, uh, yeah, Columbiana, uh, Lucy, all of those sort of like femme mm. fatale films that just bad women, bitches that like to kick ass, bad bitches kicking ass. So some of the like tenants that we thought were really great, because obviously this is a blueprint for Atomic Blonde, right? Yeah. Which we're super excited about. But yeah, we'll I, talk about that. You know in what minute. I think is interesting though about La Femme Nikita, it, it was a considering the subject matter, it was also very quiet. It was a quiet movie. There wasn't a lot of It was really quiet. You know, it wasn't based about explosions and nope. loud music and lots of loud energy i mean yes you had gun violence yeah and in fight scenes but it was very yeah. it was very subdued in that way it was, yeah it was shot in france yeah. and um it had all of the the tropes of the late 80s early 90s mm -hmm. very industrial looking it had that that feel that kind of uh punk Right, new wave kind of feel to it that style yeah. was there that 80s color palette yeah, neon fantasy life there just Beautiful stuff, and I think Luke Besson he he captured that in a way, and you know with these these actors that we saw in the film, and some of them are still working today. So I think that it's interesting to see oh, yeah, how he 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 told his story using that palette, and it was a very simple story. You know, it was very Pygmalion in the way that yeah. you know you have to take somebody up from the gutter and turn them into a lady. There was this whole element of of changing her into something that was. Uh, representable yeah. to the public so that she can go in and do her dirty work. Fair lady on drugs. Right, right, exactly. Because she was, she was very much, you know, a drug-rattled chick who just needed to be... An addict. ...cleaned up. Who was just and they cannon. And they really did that. And I think that that's what this, was the interesting part about this movie and the, the remake of Point and Overturn with uh, Fonda. Fonda, Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda was in that, and that was her big movie. That was her big one, And yeah. so... Um, it, it, I just enjoyed this movie, and I'm glad that we had to we had the chance to, to bring back this it. kind of stuff yeah. and uh, talk about it a little bit because so many people forget where these originals come from. Yeah, I mean, I think that all that you see today, even even us, we are, I would consider us to be film scholars of a sort. Yeah, considering yeah. we're paying thousands of dollars to sat up in some film school yeah. and watch a whole ton of movies. Sally Mae sure, and Abby and are my masters. Yes, they own I me. I only I'm really work bitch. for them. I'm not married or have kids because I have them. 
I'm student loans bitch, but it's okay. <laughs> but, I'll take it. Anyway, considering all that we learn, uh, yeah, I feel like we're we're a bit of we're a bit bit of film scholars, so we understand. Rewatching this, we're seeing all that emulated from from these. It's like, you know, it, it's obviously all these new films are sort of inspired by these '80s and '90s, as Vaughn was just saying, and like. These brilliant hues, these amazing angles, the composition, the craftsmanship. But I think back then people took film a little bit more serious because it was film. Right. All this shit now is usually digital, and it's usually really easily redone. Takes are, 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 are multiple. Yeah, you can do 10, 15 takes. 10, 15 takes without, without saying, oh, well, no, 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 we have to conserve film. You know, right. I think in processing the, the work, it was like... Um, they were focused on editing. They were focused on the processing of their actual film, you know, stock. They were they were concerned about just just telling just the story the way they wanted to tell it, not just trying to emulate something. Because back then they weren't emulating; they were creating. Right. And we don't create much anymore. No. We're all about reboots, but but we reboot. But when you reboot something, if you do it a great way. Fine. Okay. Good. I'm giving it to you. Because, like, Atomic Blonde was amazing, but, you know, you can see where it came from. And I just think, like, um, they, he, he was sort of responsible of, like, sort of reinventing these powerful images of these uh, these strong women that just sort of recreating this genre a bit. Okay. Where it was really, like, because I think sometimes when people think of femme fatales, like, the exact definition would be, like, uh, Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, mm-hmm. or um, Glenn Close in, in in Fatal Attraction. Oh yes, shit like that. that crazy you know, bitch. you know <laughs> stuff like that. That that would be what people think when they think femme fatale. But yeah, this also expands to the like to the action side. The girls who are like spies and hired right. killers, and you just kick ass bitches that are just like fuck you. I got a I got a mission, <laughs> and no one's stopping me. Yeah, and yeah. it's a you know it's a throwback to all the noir films. Yeah, there's you know, a bit of noir from the fifties, yeah. from the forties and fifties. I think everybody yeah. should take a take a good look at some of those. A lot of Hitchcock stuff. Yeah, so I, you know, the, it was it was just good to see that, and you know, this woman carried this movie, and she's a superstar still in France, and yeah, still I'm making blarred. movies all these years later. That's and I think that it, it was French. fun to see it, and it, <laughs> it felt like, and I, as I was, as me and Tawana were watching it. It felt like I was watching movies like Terminator because it had that same kind of feeling that yeah. you know the eighties well, brought and about, 90s, man. and it just had that feeling like it, there was an excitement, there was a thrill to go to a movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily know if we have that same sensation. We I guess we were younger anymore. too, but I, I think that there was something exciting and something dangerous about it because you didn't know what was going to happen on the screen. Yes, and I think also for me, it still exists in this way, but I don't think I'm sorry, millennials even feel that anymore because it's like remember when you went to a movie and you were like i can't miss the trailers yeah what Mm -hmm. the movie already started you crazy fuck that i'm going to the next show Mm -hmm. now it's like i'm wearing popcorn i'm about to catch these bitches on youtube right because everybody (laughs) knows they can watch the trailer on youtube facebook and so on and so forth i feel like everybody knows that they can they have various options of seeing these films so they're like eh, mm, eh, i don't know if i'm gonna pay for that 
So, I mean, we still go to movies, but we 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 be looking for them cheap-ass tickets. And guess what? We pay an ass of money for some movies here in New York New City. New York is $17 <laughs> at the most for a motherfucking ticket. If I'm paying for me and for you, plus popcorn, ass is being gotten. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. That's like $50, $60. It becomes an expensive date. Plus, I'm feeding you dinner. So, that means... All right. I just sound beyond, like an asshole. Beyond but I'm sorry. Tawana's, that's expensive. Beyond Tawana's dating needs, <laughs> it's, it's basically about the fact that... <laughs> movies cost a lot of money and you you know it's you gotta pick your poisons as they say listen matinees of the shit in new york go for it it's like six twelve bucks for the first couple of shows okay after that you fucked thanks for sharing all that with You're them mm-hmm. no problem people but love it the whole thing is <laughs> it, it was a great it was a great time to watch this movie and i, yes. I think it was fun and i, I love the foundation that he kind of laid yes. for this kind of character the strong woman who had to find herself in this process of becoming an assassin. Yeah. You know, she wasn't just, you know, she she did she wasn't born to do this. She was no. kind of turned into this kind of killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the killing wasn't it wasn't glamorized. It it wasn't it wasn't even sexualized. No. It was just she killed whatever they asked her to do. She didn't even think about it twice. There wasn't this this moral conflict. She yeah. was just told to do a job, and she went out and did it. She, she didn't. Did she it. didn't think about the victim as vic- as victims. They were right. an assignment, and she just kind of did that. And we didn't have to be bothered with her her mental struggle of is this right or is this wrong. Only, she just kind of did it. I agree, but the only time she ever had a little bit of mental struggle is when. In the course of doing her job, it interfered with her new life that she was getting. Right, right. So it bothered her boyfriend or it interfered with that. And he was kind of wondering who had happened to her, what she was doing. And, you know, who she was in the course of, like, just getting to know a person. Right. And so that's when it bothered her. But other than, you're right, other than just randomly shooting people, she didn't give a shit about that. And then the one other time was when the, the when the kill got a little nasty. Well, you yeah. Know, with the, you know, where you had to do a little but more than you actually thought. Remember I said to you when we were watching it, I said, I think that this is a great film, but that the American film, God forbid, I'm sorry, but the American film was acted better. Because right. it was a little more emotional, and it delved deeper into her relationship with her mother. And the other people around Yeah, because her, her yeah. code name was Nina, and she had a, a link to Nina Simone between her and her and her mother, and it was this whole thing about that. Music was a little bit more emotional. Nina Simone was the whole soundtrack, Point of No Return, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it was really interesting, and I thought they gave you a, a little bit of deeper perspective. But as time went on, like with the professional... And uh, Lucy, even Colombiana, I feel like Luke began to deal deeper and delve deeper into like these women's psyches. Yeah, more cal- character development. And gave them even more character development than they had in La Femme Nikita. But, I mean, hey, that's what it's for. Keep keep getting better as you go. So, all right. That's the whole point of filmmaking, I guess. That is the whole point. So, let's move on. Well, well, hold on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, hello, Sorry. Alex. Oh, hey. Hello, Welcome. Alex. How Join are us. you? Alex, Alex saw none of the movies. None of them. I have seen. Uh, I was just. I've just been like googling the <laughs> yeah, Nikita because I remember like the TV series. Yeah, there was, was a, a TV kid. series when you were a child, like Peter Peter Wilson or something. Yeah, it was, was Peter Wilson, and then it was another woman that's. But I'm like the this, Asian chick, Maggie, Maggie. An Asian girl, yeah. Q or something. Mm. But I wanted you to years. see if like this. Um, if like the style of this film, like how how pivotal was was like this original La Femme Nikita to setting up 
like sitting up the film, like sitting up at the, like the Atomic Blonde. There was a lot was of similarities. Every in, in similarity. The from the way it was shot, from the way, the way the character was portrayed. To the absolutely. industrial uh, style set design, um, to the way the women carried themselves. I mean, this is, what, 20 years old almost? Yeah. And, and uh, Charlize had way more swag. Than this, than, than, than this poor sad, this poor sad girl, but but you know this was the nineties, so you know they and, took it as and you can. know and Atomic Blonde is set in nineteen eighty three. This Mm-mm. yes, it was eighty nine. Well, I'm sorry, eighty nine. You're right, eighty nine. But La Femme was a nineties movie, which it was, was obviously shot. In the 90s. In 80s. It in actually 80s. was shot in like 88, 89, yeah. which felt like, it actually felt like 1988, 89 for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was a very minimalistic time in a way. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a lot about, it wasn't about gaudiness. It was about simplicity. And that's why they had that industrial feel was so strong in it. Yeah. And the, yeah. the use of lighting was source lighting and whatever was around them yeah. and a lot of that neon and the all neon those things that they brought into it kind of kind of layered into that mood where and, and you know you're in France during that time period where the world was just kind of in a rocky questionable rocky place, place. they, they picked that them. up in Atomic Blonde nicely and represented that very nicely in right. Berlin mm-hmm. but I, I think so you had that same kind of feeling and you know remember I don't know did you I know you saw Terminator of course. Terminator yes. gives me that same feel. The whole time I was watching Robocop. Right, all those movies Blade set Runner. set in Blade the eighties all felt a certain yeah, kind of way. That, they had that aesthetic, yeah. Yeah. And and this Oh yeah. And and La Femme Nikita definitely had that. Had so you, you, you you literally were brought back to that time. And so it was it was great to see that and, and to see it after watching Atomic Blind, you're like, oh, that's why they chose to make the choices they made right. in Atomic Blonde. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that they did in Atomic Bond that could have actually happened in well, the other Also, one. Atomic Blonde is like, it's like after everything. So they've had tens of movies, tens of thousands of movies, I guess, to watch. Right. To really review. And the people who made it are... Basically, I would I would consider them film fans because it's obvious that they were inspired by a great many of Absolutely. people you can, in you making can see this that film. I mean, quite honestly, they were inspired by Michael Mann and almost entirely. Yeah, I see. I see. Um, uh, oh god! Like his action sequences, you mean? No, no, no. His shooting, the color, the style. color, right. the composition. Um, is it Manhunter? Yeah. Manhunter. He did Man heat. Hunter, yeah. But did you ever see Manhunter? Manhunter Man was this. Like there was a scene in front of like a movie screen that was just Manhunterish all day. Like the bedroom scenes in the hotel, yeah. super Manhunter. Mm-hmm. It was just like she would be looking at you one side of her face. And they did this also on the Feminine One side of her face was pink and the other side of her face was blue. It was brilliant. I just w- I was watching. Um, I ended up like I saw Kong Skull, Skull Island mm-hmm. um, not that long ago, just on Voodoo. Yeah. Uh, and they did the same. They did the exact same thing because they were like really drumming up the whole like seventies, yeah. like yeah. overplaying it almost like a campish level. Right. You right. Know? 
And yeah, there was like, I was, yeah, you'd see that whole kind of dual lighting. That is just all an all an eighties trade. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, Man was doing digital before digital was hot too. Right. He was doing it for a long time, but in in these particular eighties films, he was all film, but his lighting and his composition was all this. It's also a little John Woo. Yes. Yes, very uh, much. So. Some of the fighting scenes just felt John Woo-ish. These they were sort of big and epic, mm-hmm. and but. Like you, they would shoot the they'd shoot the action sequence wide. They would start. Or it, would, it would just be like it would just go on. No, so they long. would start wide. Right. Like there's one particular scene in front, and I'm not giving anything away. Mm-hmm. But there's one particular scene in front of this in the movie theater in the screen in front of the screen was epic. It was definitely John Woo related mm-hmm. and Michael Mann related, but it was just it was so beautiful. There were times where I was just like. Cupping my fist, like, oh my god, this so I is guess, beautiful. I guess we're ready to jump into Atomic yeah, Blonde. Yeah, right let's now. let's do Atomic yeah. Blonde. All right, so so <laughs> this we'll is what I want. what I wanted to. I wanted yeah. you to lead in like this. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I understand. All right, so Atomic Blonde, directed by David Leach. Also, he he co-directed John Wick and then directed the second part of the series. He's doing Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's Deadpool. Done, I guess there's a short for Deadpool. He did that. I didn't. Which one see of you that. Uh, Deadpool haters? I'm the I, hater. I, I yeah. love Deadpool. I'm an all the hater of Deadpool. But I will see Deadpool too, just because Leech is doing I it. I can't party with you in Bushwick anymore. You can't party with Bushwick. We can't. Life is what in life is what it is, I can't man. Do that. Well, I, I, beyond I, their I need parties. My trap <laughs> Beyond their yeah, parties, and I get real hung up on this Deadpool thing. I need and my the trap, trap god, god over come on. here. Um, <laughs> Atomic Blonde, it, it was it was a roller coaster ride for me. I had fun. Yeah. I enjoyed everything about it. I enjoyed the mood that they put me in. They they oh, they amazing. literally took me back to the late eighties because I'm old enough to know the late eighties, and I, I really enjoyed it. The music was fantastic. I didn't get it, to party. It, it but... worked with every scene. And, and there was just so much magic yeah. in this film. And yeah, there was some, they have some plot issues in this movie, but I think the story worked quite nicely in how it was told. And I think that if you if you actually pay attention, mm. you will get it. And, but the action sequences were fucking fantastic. Amazing. You were you you were on the edge of your seat because they just kept going. Nothing, no scene just stopped. Everything was just happening in time, right. and the fighters just kept fighting. And there is nothing better than seeing that. They just wouldn't give up. And she is the baddest. Because it was just like she would get beat the fuck down and still keep fighting and just hop in a tub of ice water and keep it moving the next day. So it's <laughs> yeah. just like bruises and all. As yeah. beautiful as Charlize says, because she's a beautiful she woman. She's beautiful But woman. she could take a punch. And, 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 and she did her going. own stunts. Yes, and she did her she's stunts. She's part of the 1% team that I've only... Of people who do their own stunts. Yeah, it's so like I, her, the rock. One percent. It's like her. The she's the only woman too. It's like her, the rock, uh, Tom Sly, Cruise, Sly, right? Um, Sly. I don't think uh, what's his face ever really did his own stunts. Um, Swartz, yeah, mm-hmm. on a Schwarzenegger. But it's, it's really a, only one percent. It's one yeah, percent. It's, it's, it's very very and small she's, number. She's of people. even less than that because she's the only woman in the club. Wow. And, and no she talked about she talked about doing that and bringing that authenticity to the role and it's very it was very interesting to see because this is a woman in her 40s so she's not yeah she's like she's not your typical 20 year old in in an action film she's a she's an older woman in hollywood doing this kind of role and and she just was amazing in it and i think that 
I think she brought that earthiness to it. She brought that element of I'm a I'm a real woman. She wasn't. Well, she's just a fucking swagged out bitch right, in real life. Right, she, she is. Her swag you just know, makes you feel real. like you want to hang out with her. And just watching her walk down hand. the street. Watching her walk down the street in the movie is just like, yeah, I'm with whatever you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Whatever you're doing, I'm with it. You know what I mean? Because she just gave you that. Every time she was on screen, you just wanted to see what she was going to do next. Well, I mean, what hit me most, of course, me being a cinematographer, was the DP work done by Johnson Seller. Fantastic. Who who is also a part of the John Wick series. And he did, like, Law Abiding Citizen and a few other films. And um, I just really... I just really love his combination with uh, David Leach. Well, David Leach, by the way, is a stuntman mm-hmm. and has been a stuntman for something like 82 films. Mm-hmm. He's only got like three films under his belt, really. And uh, As a you, director. As a director. But you could really tell, like, because it was just like every shot was flawless and very legible. It's not like Jason Bourne, where it's like, you smack, mean, smack, 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 smack. And like, the, yeah, the fight sequences and then mm-hmm. the guy's down. Like, you saw every crack, every hit. And I would think that because he's a stuntman, he really wanted you to be able to see his work. Mm. And so it, it, it really brings you in to be able to see it. And like we were just saying before, it just looks like you can obviously tell that, that both men were fans of the 80s films, and Michael yeah. Mann. And I just think that. It, it was just all just really great stuff like the the and then I'm not giving any way my descriptions. I'm just saying, you know, uh, the movie screen uh, scene that I mentioned, the umbrella scene, the sparkler scene. When you see these, you will understand what I'm saying. It was just all great shots, great close ups, just like tons of like blood on the screen and. Burnt yeah, celluloid. there was blood splatter on the screen, and just like, like on the shots, like on the camera, yeah. you just saw it. It's like, psh, and it would yeah, just it would it would break the fourth wall for a it second. It was so great. Even McAvoy broke. And the I fourth have wall to wall. I have to talk to you about uh, James McAvoy. He's one of my favorite actors ever. I love everything he has ever done. I didn't, realize, I didn't realize that you liked him. That I, I didn't realize you liked him. I love McAvoy because he he brings it in. Every movie from from the King of Slot, the Last King of Scotland, and all these films yeah, that he's been in. Enough. There's another Atonement. movie, Atonement. Atonement. I love wow. too. Yeah. Trance. Trance. He was in it. People slept. I on liked Trance. him on, in fucking Wanted, and I think people slept on him. Absolutely, in that too. Wanted was amazing. Well, split though. Uh, split split was good. No, he was good. They're in split. actually making another one on Split he because was good he in is, split. and he, he is, is creepy so, as fucking Split. He's, he has that ability because you don't know if he's a good guy. He's 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 very Tom Hardy esque in that way. You don't know if he's a good guy or a bad he'd guy. Love that because he can play and and he you know as he <laughs> as he changed the X Men franchise. Mm. Yeah, he did do that. He Xavier. did do that. He has this way about him, and and he's a scene stealer, and and the two of them together. The two is, of them together yeah, kill energy on the screen. Yeah, you, know, you can they see really it. Kill. They have a great banter between the two of them. Mm. Yeah, and I think that just you could tell they were having a good time with it. Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and so I I have to give him an extra shout out and and Charlize, you know she she's becoming she went from a superstar. To being an actress, but like, she went from being right. like a bit actress to a superstar to being like an act solid right. actress. Right, she's like, I'm, I'm not like, trying to be. After Monster, it was right. a rap. She just became this actress. She's just like, I'm doing brilliant this now. actress. Yeah. For go, who for 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 went like all beauty and just because she doesn't mind. 
Because, you know, she was bruised up for a lot of this movie. Yeah, she was bruised up for this, though. Because she, so the thing is, she still exuded her sexuality and all her, mm-hmm. and all of her thing. But half the time she had a black eye or a big bruise on her ass. There was something about, because she, because she was beat up. And well, I, I love the, the fact end, that. she was fucking slaughtered. Right, but, but, but the, she was and that was the beauty brilliant. of the film. You didn't see, it wasn't like how. Action heroes in the past, they go through all this fight scenes and all this crazy shit happen. They come out looking And they just free. get up and walk away. <laughs> there was none of that with this, no. this kind of film. No, no, Everybody no. got beat down. You got the fuck up and kept going. Be she'd stumble and she'd fall, but she'd keep going. The, the, the fighters that were fighting against her right. would be beat the fuck up because she was kicking some ass. Well, yeah, I mean. They were, everybody was beat up in this movie. I know they had to was, have some med text on set. I felt like there was just, it was told so well, and I felt like this. This all the all the components of film were firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, first of all, can we talk about the fucking soundtrack and the set design oh was fucking amazing. First of all, yeah. it felt like you were in Berlin. I don't know if they shot it there, but it was like stark gray days. Just felt like you were really in Berlin. The soundtrack is true eighties oh punk, God. I rock, every rap. Second of it. George I Michael, every second. Queen. Bowie, The Clash, Depeche Mode, Public Enemy, PE, yeah, Flock of Seagulls, The Cure. It was all, and there's this one fucking scene with um, Father Figure. Yeah, George Michael. George Michael song, where she fucking killed it so bad. I was clapping ignorantly in the movie theater. Everybody this in the bitch. movie theater was clapping. They were like, "You go, it bitch! Was you go!" Because she was doing it. I mean, we it. did see it in Harlem, but it I mean, so, it was it was so where great. You have a right to scream at the screen, but yes. but it was that moment. I can't imagine anyone not being like, "Wow!" After seeing the that one George Michael father figure scene, yeah. It, I mean, there was a lot of those, but that one stood out for me. And you know, I think that there was a lot of. Every scene obviously had a lot of choreography, but there was a nice rhythm that moved through the entire nice. film. But I bet you that's because of David Leach. Yeah. He, he understands stunt work yeah. and how it needs to be showed. And I guess, you know, when you're a stuntman, you come in and you do your stunt work and you walk away. Right. But, mm. you know, he has the actual option to, like, stand still and choreograph stuff or right. work with the people. Because it was, it was really like a dance. Yes. It every, was, every scene was like a dance to me. And even the, there was a lot of cat and mouse in, in the interrogation scenes. Yeah, which you there think was the plot was, wasn't great. And I just thought it was just her. This, she's just an MI6 agent, you know, telling this story about what just happened to her in Berlin. And and during the Cold War, it's like it's it's the collapse of uh, of the Cold War and the Berlin Wall is coming down. It's literally that week or so. And... And it just and and she's just trying to recover like a missing list of double agents. Yeah, and and, it and was, that's it. And and that's fine. And that's all it's supposed and I, to be. And I think that we 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 tend it's... to want more and we want to overdo some things. And I think right. for me personally, what I enjoy and I always tell people I've been talking about this for the last day and a half now. Yeah. I would own this movie because it was such. I a, would own It was movie. so enjoyable to watch. Because it was a storytelling. There was a great story there, an interesting story there, yeah. and, a, and a wonderful character to watch. Just, but yeah. I love the art direction in the film. The art there was, was so amazing. much going on. You know, there was a lot of graffiti, Graf- and there was a lot of things Jordan happening. Ash. Yeah, there was. The it was, it was were very much about the late eighties, nineties, and it, and it felt good to yeah. see that on the screen. It felt and good I to think re- that reminisce. she she brought something to it that 
I don't know another actress that could have done that. Well, can I just uh, ride on your cur- your coattails for a second sure, about that whole on. the whole art direction, fashion? Yes, motherfucking fashion. I would not be wearing half the shit you wearing, but I wanted to wear that fucking turtleneck in the George Michael scene. I was like, yes, bitch. I want to smoke cigarettes and rock tweed coats right. and stomp around in, in black studded boots. Right. I'm not fucking with the knee-high boots. But Those I'll fuck knee-high with... boots. She had just make you all holler. of it. Like the, It was just like... <laughs> I wore off... her standing on my fucking shoulder. Yeah, it was like... was doing it. Off the shoulder shirts right and fucking wide frames, uh, like those wide sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And it was just like... Just it just felt like so eighties. There was a danger and it was element perfect. to it. There was a lot of danger to it. Like all those movies, I'm telling you, all those movies brought this element of danger it to is. them. Even there was even moments in that movie that reminded me of Purple Rain. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the hotel bedroom scene. Hotel bedroom scene. But that hotel bedroom scene reminded me of like Blade Runner. It reminded yes, me of yes. Prince. It reminded all me those movies coming of, together. Of 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 Manhunter. It reminded me of so many different like eighties films. They I feel like they all had the same thing going. The only thing they didn't use in this one that all the eighties films use was that sort of like in between synth- the, synthesized that, that music. Sync pop. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack. Yeah, like synthesized music. They yeah. they purposely created uh, this soundtrack, and in fact, if you're really interested, it's on fucking uh, Spotify. Spotify, mm. which is pretty dope. And it's like all the things you could think that they were playing for the '80s, they put in this film, and they it was okay. So basically, what we've talked about in the past is that how music either moves the story along or um, it sets the mood, it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. But this was just like perfectly uh, orchestrated to sit as the music for the choreography yeah. of the fight scenes. And when they were over, like the song would be over, but it, you you didn't feel, you were totally being manipulated, but it was just like fucking perfect. Yeah, and there was, there was some masterful editing that happened Oh, yeah, the editing film. was great. There was this, like she would walk out of one scene and mm-hmm. walk into another, or the music from the next scene would start at the end of the, the previous scene. scene. Yeah. There's just some beautiful things that happened in editing. There was a lot of morphing. Or there would be like a dissolve. There was a lot of dissolve. That was just so, so, so well Little done. Little black and white. It just, I, I can't. The grayscale was crazy. I can't crazy. love it enough. Was so Germany. I've never been there, and I felt like yeah. I, I actually want to go to to Berlin. I actually want to go hang out in Berlin now. I, I really do. And you know, have sex Berlin. with some crazy cool French city. women. I want to have sex with some French and German bitches right yeah, now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it was it was so this much. This movie fun. makes you feel like that. Yeah, it was so much it, fun. It was definitely. <laughs> they smoked a lot of cigarettes and drank I a lot of booze. I feel like I should be smoking right. cigarettes while we're watching right. this movie. <laughs> that you know, if you're a cigarette smoker, you know that inhale. That makes you pause, and then the smoke blows out. That bitch was doing that, and I was like, "That cigarette looks amazing." She was just like into it. Yeah, you know, you got you got a lot of that. You got a lot of that pop of the the, the cigarette. There was a lot. There's a lot of little twists going Mm -hmm. on in the film that I thought was really interesting. The seamless way the camera would. There was there's this one chase scene in the car. Oh my god, the car scene was great. There's a seamless way where. We're in we're with them in the car, and it's a two shot. It's Charlize and another man. The camera would come from behind them, through the two of them, stop in front of them, and break back in front of them. As she turns her head to look out the rear, 
the camera would go and follow back her head, spin 360, and then go to the guy's perspective and do the same thing with him and then go back to her. But mind you, all the while, there was stuff happening behind them. So you could see what's happening in the background, in the foreground, mm-hmm. there, where their eyes were going, where mm-hmm. their eyes, where they couldn't see. Right, yeah. we were seeing it. Their expression. Right. Then she would turn to look, and it would be something else. And, I mean, it was it was everything. Like, yeah. you had water on the lens. That, there that was a scene, lot. That, that, that whole sequence was amazing to me. They I could watch that over and over again because the... That had to be shot in days. I'm going to actually do some research about that because I'm curious to know how they shot I that. I feel like it was one, it could be one whole day. Because it, it was so much happening. Yeah. As the camera was moving all around them. I don't even know what kind of rig that was. It had to be some sort of rig because that was on a, And I wonder if that, that wasn't, all of that. that had to be green screen a little. That, no, maybe, I would hope you, so. I don't know because he's a stuntman. So maybe he's like, um... Maybe he's like Nolan. But that's what I'm saying. It, it totally did not feel like a green screen. It, it, if you just imagine, and, and I go back to Grindhouse and how um, anybody that saw Grindhouse, Tarantino. those movies, Tarantino did that movie with the car accident, mm-hmm. and he was showing the different angles of the of mm-hmm. the car killing those girls. Uh. That's what it reminded me of, but yeah. it didn't feel like it wasn't a cut. It wasn't cut. There were no cuts. It was just it was, camera movement. Yeah. The camera was definitely and it, the camera was in a three sixty motion. Then it would stop. It would st- in certain points. It would come from the windshield into her face, and if you can imagine the the camera coming into her face and her turning at the same time that the camera's coming towards her and her looking and the camera following her the whole way, and then she would turn and look. You'd see what's going out going on out the rear. Then it would spin, come from the guy's perspective. See her face again, and then see something going on in the front. And there were no cuts. No cuts. And that was that. And by cuts, I mean breaks. Breaks in action. You see. Shots. It the was all a, only almost like a single shot. They would ever have a capturing right. It. The only time they would have a break in a shot is if she said something to him, like put on your seatbelt or some shit like that, and then back again. But it was just like one seamless dance. I mean, these guys really did a good job in choreographing. Their shots, and I'm assuming that since they've been in the industry so long, behind right. the scenes, they knew exactly what they wanted and right. how it could be done. Yeah, and I, I know they mapped this out. And by the way, she was producer on this film. She was too. producer because she's, 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 she's an amazing producer. She's, she's been she's, a producer for a while. She's being smart at this because I know she's she's crafting the career that she wants. She doesn't have to necessarily live by what the studios say anymore. She can kind of pick the projects that she wants to well, do. Yeah. Plus, she's and, got her own production coming. Right, and so because of that, she's able to pick these kind of projects, you know, which will probably lead her to another film. I'm probably sure. pick directors, too, and oh, probably, sure. like, work things out independently I'm of people. Sure. And say, listen, this can be, you know, this can work out. And potentially, this film has, because uh, we're not going to tell you the ending. No, not at this all. This film has the potential to be a franchise. Absolutely. I mean, because she's basically like a female James Bond. But she could do her own thing. And uh, the way it ends, it feels great. And we were just, I was just like Googling. I was like, after credits, Atomic Blonde. <laughs> like, is there more to this? Because mm-hmm. this is the music. And it just ends with that Bowie Queen, like doom 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 da da doom 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 da da doom doom under pressure. I, I just kind of stayed for the song. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it definitely puts you in a mood. It puts yeah. you in a place where if you if you know anything about that music, you feel and great. And for all of you that don't, look them all up. Listen, it's Spotify worth it. playlist. It's worth it. It's you worth it. You cannot 
because the music was so much fun and it, and it brought that essence. I, I definitely felt like I was back in that time. Yeah, the, and it, I enjoyed that. The way they told the story, it definitely puts you in a in a moment and in a place where you don't mind what's going on around you because you're taking on this journey and you're loving it and everything makes sense and everything just flows together. Yeah. And 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 they don't give you nonstop action. They take breaks and go back and 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 she's back in the in the conference room in being interrogation interviewed room. interrogation room being interviewed you know by the CIA and her people and all this stuff and then and then you know she continues with her story and they go on and on and on and on and it just it it was good and it didn't feel like she was like this heartless you know yeah and, and speaking smart. of that she talked about and I've seen her in interviews talking about this film yeah they chose she asked specifically for the moments of vulnerability in the film, yeah. that it be a, with another woman. Yeah, and she specifically wanted a woman lover. Comes out in that way because Spoiler, she did not want it. scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she talked about she only wanted her moments of vulnerability to be about or when she was with another woman and not woman. about being about some relationship with a man, even though, you know, that's kind of where it all started. And I think that it's, it's really interesting that she, like I said, she's at the place now in her career where she can choose the kind of films and the kind of moments she wants to happen within a film. Yeah, and I wish her luck, and I hope she keeps going because I'm a fan. Yeah, and, and I, 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 these... I, I really, and as much as I hate sequels and reboots and remakes and whatever, I would actually love to see another incarnation incarnation of this film. I would love to see I, four it more. Was, it was fun. Well, four is a bit much. Listen, James Bond's got like 700 films. James Bond is James Bond. Fuck James Bond. This is 700 films. I'm going to be Bond right now. I'm going to be Bond right now. Hold on. Fuck James Bond. (laughs) Fuck him. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck the rest of them. I don't give a fuck. She needs 17 more films. One thing I got to tell you about what's going on with this shit right here. I don't know if I can see four more, but I would like to see another If I get four more creations of of this, I will absolutely take it. And I am a film fatale. Oh fan my God! Yes, of the highest order. I'm so glad we got to have this moment in the I've podcast. I've been land. talking about this film for a while. Thirsty for Theron. Thirsty yeah. for Theron is right. Thirsty, thirsty for Fatal. That's, that's your thirsty quote. Thirsty for Fatal is right. That's your quote. Thirsty for Theron. We're gonna make some T-shirts. Yeah. Let's let, let let us get our shit together. We're gonna make some T-shirts. Quotes we, from every episode, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do it. Thanks for co-signing on her quote, <laughs> uh, Alex. That's You're right. Welcome, but you're welcome. You know. It's going to happen. Listen. But once again, I just, I just have over. to say, I, I want everybody to <laughs> rent La Femme Nikita. Yes, please do. Please check it out. Please understand where these movies kind of come from. Nothing is created in a vacuum here today. No. And, you know, there's a lot of things were, that were inspired by other films. And I think this is a great example of, of, of where that can be. And it, please find a way to see Atomic Blonde. Listen to the music support this film just watch it just for the fun of watching it i know everybody's not going to get into it but you know what if you can't then stay the fuck home see? but just just <laughs> appreciate a good Boom. movie when you see it i'm gonna say this Nas is not the first person to say it but in his song he said there's nothing new original there's nothing new under the sun it's never what you do but how it's done and they killed it in atomic blonde they they paid homage to every person that's ever done anything 80s and they heightened it past that. This is a fantastic film. If you're into a little bit of action, a little bit of espionage, a uh, little bit of girl on girl, woohoo! A uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of 
fun, a little bit of nostalgia, you know, just a good fucking time. Just go see the film. It's far worth your money. But if you can, try and see a little matinee because this shit is expensive in New York. Everybody else, good luck. And highly, highly, highly recommend that you rent La Femme Nikita and pretty much all of Luc Besson's catalog. I mean, Columbiana, Lucy, uh, Leon the Professional or The Professional, the American remake. I'm really not sure where this Valerian is coming from, but... Yeah, he did Valerian. I'm going to give him a pass on that. I'm going to give him a pass because The Fifth Element, I felt the same way, and I did see it anyway, and I did like The Fifth Element. So. Well, well, you guys didn't go and see Valerian. And no, I don't ever plan be, to. And even though, be, I love I, I didn't Rihanna. Want to be 17. Super clear on that point. <laughs> super clear. But the ratings were sh- the, the ratings and reviews were shit on uh, Valerian. And but, so I, are you a sheep? Do you just listen to... And no, I'm not a Everyone, sheep. I know, what a, I know what a sheep sounds like. But let me. Here's my question. I know not what a sheep, a sheep sounds sheep like. Here's my ever. question. You I see a couple one-two black sheep across the table. Uh, here's right. my question. All right. Yeah. Somebody who's repping man hard did not even see the Thank fucking Thank you. Film. Thank you. Or Atomic Blonde. So I'm just saying. I don't as know you, what a, as you grow your know the, as you grow your ball sack. Oh. Let's start going. I don't to know the where the repping is coming right. from because I'm no one, no one sort, no one sort of. I'm out here. I see you. I yeah. see you. So I, see I, you. I, yeah, I, I need see to see you. your I need to see your movie ticket for Valerian uh, since, yes, since you're all in support for or that. I need to see your contract on the points you getting after. Right. Oh. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Oh. I'm just I'm feeling very attacked right now. You should. Um, you should. I don't usually attack you, but this is my chance. But I just want to re- I want to remind all the listeners to uh, once again uh, listen to the podcast. Tell your Please. friends about it on SoundCloud and uh, pick us up on our social life in. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under mm-hmm. Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. And tell us what you want to see and tell us what movies you like. We Absolutely. Would, we would love to hear your points of view. Make sure you use the hashtag BBM Podcast. That's BBM Podcast. We'll see it and we'll respond. So thank you for being here and listening in and enjoying the show. We'll see you again for episode 10.